Welcome to the Indian's Guide to Studying Overseas, a podcast show that provides you with the information you need to study abroad in countries such as the UK, Australia, the US and Canada. I'm Dr. Ranjit Kutan. And I'm Professor Tony Stewart. And we're the co-hosts of the show. In this, our first episode, we'll be sharing with you why we decided to do this show and we'll be highlighting some of the many questions that students from India often ask us about studying abroad. This will be a short overview to give you a taste of what's to come, as we'll be exploring these issues in depth in future episodes. And remember, if you like the show, subscribe to our podcast on your listening platform of choice so you can hear about new episodes. Go to our website, thestudyabroadshow.com, and sign up to receive our free newsletter and download our free study abroad checklist. This is your essential guide that's going to walk you through every step of the process and help you make your dream of studying abroad a reality. So here we are, our first show, Tony. I know we've been discussing this for probably a couple of years now. So how are you doing and how are you feeling? Indeed. Uh, Glad we've got this far. I'm quite excited to be here after so many weeks of planning. And uh, actually, we've been having years of discussions, haven't we? Yeah, I think one of the things is, I mean, we're recording this in August and towards the end of the summer in the UK. And it's been a difficult year. There's been lots happening, but also it's given us a bit of space to think about these things. So it's a lot of things for students to think about, think about, you know, when they want to study overseas. There's a lot of things that we'll be talking about over the next few weeks. But firstly, I just wondered if we should give a bit of an instruction to ourselves, because many of our listeners won't know who we are. I thought if we start by saying a little bit about ourselves so they can get an understanding of our experience and why we feel we're qualified to do this podcast and offer advice in this area. So I've worked in senior academic roles in higher education in the UK for over 20 years. I know if you looked at me, you probably wouldn't believe it because I look so young, but um, it's true. Uh, So I'm currently head of department at a leading UK university, and my areas of specialism are public health and health in general. So over to you, Tony. Well, I don't look so young, but I've also worked in senior academic roles in higher education in the UK for well over 20 years. And I'm currently a senior academic at uh, the same leading UK university. And I've got two professorial roles at other universities. So, Ranjit, how did the idea for this show come about? As I say, I mean, it's been in discussion for a couple of years now. And I think, you know, during our time working in universities we've worked with lots of students from India and other countries as well and you know when when those students arrive there are often many questions that they ask us which I often thought what support do they have you know in the planning process beforehand to 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 get here and we have a field trip to India that that I lead on been doing that for the last five years and during that field trip I've been talking to students in India who've been interested in studying in the UK, Australia, Canada, the US. They're the popular places that people want to study. And they've been asking questions and and not really had anywhere for them to, to sort of find the answers. So I thought it'd be really good to provide a resource originally thinking of a, you know, a book or a, um, a blog. And then I thought, well, actually, you know, podcasts might be a good idea because we can get that information out quickly. People can listen to this where they like, and then we can build on it really through, you know, in the future, hopefully through interviews 
with students and other people who provide support. Was there anything else I mentioned to you? I might have forgotten, Tony. Well, we were talking about uh, originally doing this as a book, weren't we? But in the end, after much discussion, we decided to go for a podcast. One of the reasons is it's so easy to share, isn't it? And you don't have to read something. You can have a listen through headphones anywhere, on a plane, on the train, anything you like. So we hope that uh, this will be the right format. When I spoke to you, I thought you'd be the ideal person to co-host the show because, you know, you have a lot of experience. You've worked at different universities and you've managed awards. You've spoken to a number of students. You've been at the various ends of this, you know, from planning students, you know, who want to study in the UK to welcoming welcoming them here and then through to uh, supporting them in employment afterwards. If you could just tell me why you agreed to do the show. Well, I want to make sure that people who are studying, well, anywhere really, have the best experience that they can. I don't want people to return home afterwards and say, well, that was awful. Um, I wasn't prepared for it. It wasn't what I was expecting. It's turned out very badly. So we want to help you to get the most out of your studying and to use it to do the very, very best you can. But one thing I was going to ask you, Ranjit, is we've decided to do a show for students from India. Why didn't we choose all countries? That's a really good question. Yeah, we could have done this for students from, we get students from, where do we get students from now? Nigeria, we get them from China, um, other African countries as well. And um, quite a lot from the States. And we've had a lot of students from countries like the Dominican Republic as well. That's right. Yeah, actually. yeah. And one of the things, as you said, was that we want them to have a great experience when they're with us. And the, the worst scenario, the worst case is if a student comes who's not prepared and they have a really bad experience. And that doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. And it's because they haven't been adequately prepared. They haven't had information that could have helped them to make that decision. Why not students from all countries? I think, I mean, my you know, heritage is from India. So my parents are from the Punjab. And, you know, so I have links in India. I speak to family members who studied elsewhere. So my cousin studied in Australia. I have a, another couple of relatives who studied in the US, another one in Canada, a couple in the UK. So <laughs> I have a big family. So chatting to them, there were certain things that they mentioned about their experience and about the lack of information that they had so I thought let's focus on India to begin with and as you've already mentioned Tony this podcast will be of interest to students anywhere really any student in an overseas country thinking of studying in the UK Australia Canada US and you know how to prepare them for that overseas study. I was just wondering what um, in your opinion what support is available for students who'd like to study abroad? I mean, universities provide a lot of support if students go on to their, you know, say if you're interested in studying at a UK university, find the website, there'll be a section for international students and there'll be support for them and information. However, there's so many universities and so many different kinds of support they they provide that it's a lot of work that's involved for an individual. Mm-hmm. In India itself, I mean, if you're studying at a, a college and you're interested in studying at a university, 
there are people there that can advise you. But sometimes these people may not have studied abroad themselves, so they don't know what it's like to study abroad. Um, but you do have agents as well. So agents who are either employed by universities or work independently and support universities to support students in their applications. So I guess those are the key kinds of support for students. Thank you, Rajit. That's that's really useful. And of course, although we're talking about these things now, this podcast is really a bit of an overview and we're going to use other podcasts to go into some of these things individually in more detail. Just one more thing I'd like to ask. What do you think, Ranjit, that students are missing from existing services? So I think what's missing, when we talked about this, actually, it was quite interesting because there is a lot of information out there. And I think it's that personal approach. Students want to speak to people. They want to hear about students' experiences, so students who have studied abroad, you know, those examples of of how they found that experience. I often say to people, when we take students on our field trip to India, there are things that we have told you. So these are students who are from the UK, who have perhaps never been to India. So the majority have never been to India. And we try to prepare them as much as we can. But every time we go, there's always something that comes up and a student comes to us and says, I didn't realise this is what it was going to be like. Or you didn't mention that this is what happens in India. Because we've done it for so many years. We've been travelling and and going to India. So myself and my colleague who goes with me, we go there to see family or holidays. So we perhaps miss those things. So for students, they notice those things. So I think a student coming from India to the UK, there are things that they might see and experience that perhaps you and I, Tony, wouldn't see and experience. So one of the things I'd like to do is interview some students who have gone through that experience and ask them what their experience was, you know, through the application stage, studying here and and afterwards. There's the general advice around how to apply because it's a very complex process. Right. What do you think, Tony? What do you think is missing from existing services? Well, I think that we often just don't make things clear enough and we don't prepare people well enough. Very often people come to the UK to study and don't really know what they are letting themselves in for. Sometimes find things are very different in the UK to their home country, not just in the country, but actually in higher education. For example, people have often said to me, well, in our country, we go to lectures, we read books, then do exams, and that's the end of it. Here, you're asking us to write assignments saying what we think and using critical analysis, and we're just not used to it. Uh, So that's one of the differences. And it's worth knowing about that ahead. So it's not a shock when you arrive and are faced with it. And that's one of the things we're planning to do here. Talking about your experience of teaching Indian students studying in the UK, what other things have you have you noticed or experienced um, about their experience? I think that Indian students are a pleasure to teach and are a pleasure to talk to. Very hardworking, very conscientious, want to do well, and those are great attributes. One of the things that I think can be a problem is that people don't always like to ask when they don't understand something. Uh, 
I don't know whether that is a cultural thing in education, but I always say, look, if there's something you're not sure about, no matter if you think it's a stupid question, no one is going to say anything to me that I'm going to regard as a stupid question. So please ask. And I'm never going to be unpleasant to you. I'm never going to make fun of you. If it's important to you, I will treat it as that. I'm, I'm not the only one who thinks like that. So if there's something you're not sure about, at absolutely any time, whether it's in the planning stages, when you arrive here, even when you've nearly completed your course, anything you want to ask about, please do. Because we would much rather that you ask about it in advance than don't ask about it and then fail something. That's that's the worst scenario. Uh, so that's one th- thing that I would like people to take away. That's a really important point, Tony. And I think you know, you're great at that. I've seen you do that. You're you're very good with students. You take the time to sit with them and to listen and to understand what they're experiencing. And I think one thing that we want to do is to ensure that they have prepared themselves to study in the UK. As you've mentioned, Tony, the different styles of, of teaching, the different expectations are really are really key as well. And and I think that's one of those things that when you mentioned earlier on, what's missing from existing services is that understanding and enabling students to understand that their experience is going to be different. It's not just being in a different country, it's the culture as well, but the general culture of, of where you're going to live, but also the educational culture as well. And I think experiencing different things is fine. It's fine that it, things are different. The real key, though, is to make sure you know what to expect, because then you won't panic. So, Tony, tell me, what do you think Indian students need to do to prepare themselves for overseas study, from your experience? Well, as I've already said, first of all, accept that some things are going to be different. There are different ways of learning. I've also mentioned that, the critical analysis, the way we do assignments isn't always the same. Think about finance, first of all. Presumably, you won't be even contemplating studying in the UK if you haven't got the finances sorted out. But also think, are you going to need to get a job to support yourself in whole or in part? If so, how are you going to do that? What sort of job are you going for? Is it realistic that you will be able to do that. And also, how much time is the job going to take you? If, of course, you're over here to study and you need to get a full-time job, that's going to seriously impede your ability to be able to study. And we have seen this on occasions, um, which is a problem. So think about that. On the subject of finance, remember that you're going to need to buy certain things in order to enable you to study, like a decent laptop, for example. Some people would like to get away with just using their mobiles for things, but that that isn't really practical. Or indeed tablets. Uh, You really do need um, a good laptop. Remembering to back files up is important, so make sure that you've got other devices that you can save your files so you're not going to lose something. Uh, There's nothing worse than nearly completing an assignment and then losing it and having to start all over again. Also, buying reading material. We're increasingly making the reading list or parts of the reading list available free of charge online. But there will be some things that you will need to have. Some books, for example. It's important that you allow sufficient finance to enable you to do things like that. Also remember that the UK is probably going to be much colder 
than the country you're coming from. So make sure that you can afford adequate warm clothing. You may want to bring it with you or you may want to buy it when you're here. But those are all things to consider. And finally, another thing that comes to mind is if you are going to get a job, you'll need a reference and think about who is going to provide that reference for you. Very often people come to me in the first few weeks of university and say, can you give me a reference? Well, yeah, I can give you an academic reference and I'm very happy to do that. But because you've only been at the university for a month, you haven't completed any assignments. So we don't know what the quality of your work is going to be like. All that I can say is that you're here. I can't really give you a character reference because I haven't known you for long enough. So please be realistic when it comes to the subject of asking people for references. So, Tony, you've just covered a number of things there, and it just goes to show that there are so many things to think about when Indian students are preparing themselves for study overseas. Yes, and if you if you think about them now, it will make things far easier for you when you actually come over to study. We are going to do a, an episode on this, about preparing yourself to study overseas. But we also have a number of things in our study abroad checklist, which you can download from the show notes or on our website, thestudyabroadshow.com. And that will cover quite a few of those things you've already talked about, Tony, and other things as well. It's surprising how many things you need to think about before you even study overseas. Indeed. Okay. And that's one of the reasons we're here now. Yes. So uh, people listening to this might be asking about timescales, Ranjit. What do you think? is usually the best time to apply. And is it too late to apply for a course? Depends when you're listening to this podcast. I always say it's never too late. If you're interested in a course, you're interested in studying, go to the university's website, you know, find the university that does the course for you and have a look at their timescales. You might have to provide evidence of an English language test, IELTS, um, other people call it ILETS. So an ILETS course and you will have to do that. That might take a bit of time to get that done. You also have to think about your visas as well. Visas, passports, after you've been given an offer of a place, it's not really worth doing those until you you have a confirmed offer. I mean, we're recording this in August. Courses will start at the end of September. And universities do allow a little bit of leeway for students who are coming from other countries because they appreciate there's going to be time delays for obtaining visas and making travel arrangements. But the best advice is to contact the university, get to speak to their admissions department, or it might be a head of department or the leader of that programme, and just ask them for their advice. So it's not a problem contacting people and, and getting some advice from them. I would say if you're thinking about doing this, act now, and then you'll have the maximum amount of time available. At the time of recording this podcast, one of the things that sort of links in with the timescales is COVID-19 and the effects of COVID-19. It's causing a lot of problems. People are unsure about travel arrangements, whether they will be allowed to travel. And universities are thinking about how they might be able to deliver their programmes. In the UK, we've heard a lot about blended learning options and online delivery The difference between these two is that blended learning is where you have some online learning and then you'll have some learning taking place 
on campus. Fully online options are where it's just online and you still have engagement, but it won't be on a campus or in a classroom. We think it's still a good time to study abroad, am I correct? Yes, I believe so. Even though at the moment there are some UK universities that have opted temporarily for online learning only, we don't think that's going to last forever. It's certainly a problem at the moment. We know other universities have gone for blended learning, as you say. This has some benefits because eventually we'll hopefully return to normal or near normal. Then you'll get the experience that you really wanted. But in between times, you will still hopefully be able to speak to other colleagues on campus. And so you'll get the ability to collaborate and to, for example, if you don't know what something means, you can ask somebody what they think. When I was at university myself, there were lots of things I didn't understand. And I got most of the extra learning speaking to other students on the train home because we'd have a conversation. So, well, I didn't understand that. And some people say, well, look, here's how I think it goes. And by the time we got off the train, we'd have worked something out ourselves. So it can be really useful to talk to other students. If there are opportunities for attending some on-campus events, uh, maybe lectures or workshops, those will also be helpful. So we hope that the need to do online only, if that is what your university is doing, isn't going to last forever. And things will, hopefully, as I said before, come to normality or near normality. That's a really good point, Tony, about the process of learning. And learning doesn't just happen in the classroom. It happens outside of that. Because if you think about how much time our students spend in their classes, it's not a long time. You know, the rest of that is outside. It's the the reading, the engaging with other students and the other services that a university will provide. I mean, the one thing for Indian students coming to, let's say, the UK is enjoying what else there is available in the UK. And actually, even though there are some restrictions with COVID, it's not going to restrict you too much. So, you know, it's good to get out and about and experience the uh, the countryside and uh, the other cities in the UK as well. One thing I forgot to say was that I actually was an overseas student. So I studied abroad. So my first degree was in Russian studies. So I did Russian studies in the UK at a UK university. And as part of that, we had a placement a year abroad. And I studied in St. Petersburg in Russia. One of the things that I remember is that we had classes every day. So in the morning, we had about two, three hours, but the rest of the time was was our own. And we spent time speaking to other students and just enjoying everything that the country and the city of St. Petersburg had to offer. So it was a a fantastic time. And I remember that, you know, for me, one of the things was studying Russian language and literature and politics. It was experiencing that while I was there. So I think for Indian students coming to the UK, whatever course you're studying, it's not just the classroom experience. Focus on those other things that are available to you outside of the classroom as well. So it is a good time to study. Yeah. By doing these things, you will get a much richer experience of higher education. And you make another good point that, of course, all of the learning that you have won't necessarily happen in the classroom. Quite a bit will. But in higher education, you're expected to do wider reading on top of everything else. And I think that's very important to make clear. 
That's great. So we've we've looked at a number of things in this show. And as you mentioned, we just touched on these things today. We're going to talk about them in more depth in other shows. So I'd like to remind our listeners that they can find links to everything we've mentioned in the show notes. If they're listening on a podcast platform that does not provide these, you can hop onto our website and search for the number of the show and you'll find the show notes there. Please also send us your feedback because we'd love to hear how you're finding the show and to hear about any of the topics you would like us to cover. So, for example, you might already have studied overseas and there's things that you might want to contribute. Please do get in touch and let us know. Thanks, Ranjit. That's great. And before you go, we sign off each podcast with one or two actionable tasks that you can do straight away to help you on your journey to studying abroad and to help you to successfully engage in your studies and in your search for employment after you've graduated. Yeah, as I said, with so many great tips and advice, one of the things that you can easily get into is a state of analysis paralysis. So you're thinking, what do I do first? What do I do next? Where do I go from here? So we want to give you something practical to do. And today, as this is our first podcast, we'd like to suggest that you subscribe to the podcast through Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast or whatever platform you use. And remember to go to our website, thestudyabroadshow.com and subscribe to our free newsletter and download our free study abroad checklist. So it's been great sharing these tips with you today and discussing them, Tony. I'd just like to thank all our listeners for joining us today. And until next time, keep focused, keep studying and keep safe. Take care and goodbye.